This is Winging It, the somewhat whimsical, certainly whirring, decidedly wonky, seldom weighty, endlessly well-intentioned, and wildly witty show about music where one knows what's coming and the other doesn't. And this happens in between both proper, birds of a feather proper, to ensure you can spend anywhere from 15 to 180 minutes, worst case scenario, with us every week. Now... Well, I am happy to report that order has been restored to the universe, first of all. Christina is back doing all the pain-in-the-ass stuff that she usually does, like driving and preparing, winging it and all that stuff. And, you know, we tried that last time. I'm sure you're all as relieved as I am. Uh, you know you know that even though I never really listened to the shows once around, I did listen to uh, the last winging it, the one I did. Nice. And I got up to seven minutes before I was um, overcome with uh, existential despair i think it was despair <laughs> yeah ex- unexpected ex- existential despair so but it, it wasn't that bad before that but i'm really glad you're back at the helm and uh <laughs> we are hoping for better things this time so go ahead and uh, tell us what it's all about well you know i did a, a underground survey I oh you did, it just, you did one of those too i did and um, first of all, I asked them if you had sent out a survey, and they said, yeah. And I said, that's fucking brutal, right? And they said that they lied on your survey um, because they knew that you were more comfortable in the position you're in right now, right, where I'm doing everything. But I have to let you know they secretly told me they would rather you do at least winging it. That's how I think we should proceed. So I will do this week, but then I think we need to uh, really think about what we're doing because the people have spoken. How many times do I have to tell you the people are lame? <laughs> well, are those the same motherfuckers that answered your poll? <laughs> Joking with you, lovely folks. No, um, uh, actually, uh, but I'm not prepared, and I don't think I'll be next time, so tell us what will be the subject of tonight's show. I'll certainly tell you the subject, but you have to be ready for next time. So now the moment I've been waiting for, certainly, and of course you in your way. In an absolute bovine ignorance. Of course. Uh, the big reveal is we will be talking about, um, can I get a drum roll, sir? I mean, I ask all the time. Lovely. Underrated albums from legendary bands. Hell yeah. My great subject. Right. Sorry for, sorry for that little ejaculation there. <laughs> yeah, I was, was going to say. It's an unfortunately timed ejaculation. It's pretty messy. <laughs> so, very interesting stuff. So, this is uh, actually courtesy of Yard Barker. Okay. Yardbarker.com. Thank you. Um, so, very interesting. I found it interesting, and I think that you will as well. So I'd like to hear what you think. And, of course, as usual, we cannot talk about every album. There's too many albums, not enough time. All they would be doing 24-7 is listening to us if we covered every motherfucker that came through. I, I'm telling you, and there's so many variants of this. There's, like, for example, the 25, <laughs> the top 25 lousy albums by legendary bands, you know, that kind of thing. Love that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I love, love all of it. But this is a great one. Why not, right? And we'll see if you agree, disagree. Uh, feel differently and then you know of course we will always take to the people quite a few spring to mind yes oh yeah for sure so let's take a look so this is in chronological order of course we're going to take a quick peek at this and we're going to say what do you say about the magical mystery tour 1967 the beatles underrated overrated or neither I find it's actually very widely accepted. I hear, I hear nothing but good things about it. In fact, it's surprising that a, the almost unanimous response of people is that it's one of their very best that I always see. And it's uh, every, every year or so when I listen through the entire Beatles catalog, I come up with a different favorite album. 
And it's very often Magical Mystery Tour. Okay. I think it's better than Sgt. Pepper. I think it's it's a fa- phenomenal record. I think it is, too. I think that it is underrated, though, because I think sometimes people see the Magical Mystery Tour and Sgt. Pepper's as kind of being one and the same, and it really isn't. So I think it doesn't get its just desserts. Uh, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band gets all the press it gets it all does. the accolades and everything it's great it's, it is it's, and, I, and I'm not just gonna I'm not one of those people who's like well we have to acknowledge how important the Beatles were in transforming this and developing that but it's not that it's just that it's that good music I mean it's simply that fantastic it's a great record but a lot of times Magical Mystery Tour eclipses it uh, in my mind because it's just better the songs on it are incredible John absolutely. Lennon's songs are absolutely phenomenal on Magical Mystery Tour well, they say the title cut is obviously one of the most recognizable, but other ones like Your Mother Should Know and The Fool on the Hill are two of the band's best deep cuts that a lot of people don't know because they don't listen, right? They don't listen to the whole album beginning to end like I think typically we do. Yeah, and those two were hits, but I, they weren't quite as universal hits as some of the other ones like are. Like I Am the Walrus yeah, <laughs> and Blue well, Jay Way. <laughs> but uh, those are great McCartney songs on there. Sure. And John Lennon's got like uh, uh, Baby or a Rich Man, which is one of my all-time favorites. Uh, it's just, it's a brilliant record all around. I mean, it has a tiny bit of not necessarily stellar stuff, but it's it's. What so record doesn't have it, something? Uh, there, a few, there are some, but it's so minor and it's right. all good. It really is all good. So. Right. Nothing you'd skip, right? I mean, no, you no. know. No, I saved that for Revolution 9. Oh, that's right. I forgot. That's right. Thank you for reminding yeah. us. That's correct. Uh, what about The Doors, Morrison Hotel, 1970? Underrated? Overrated? I think it's pretty uh, highly acclaimed. Uh, I think it's one of their more popular records. Anyway, I, I've always found people uh, think that way of it. And I think so, too. I think it ranks really highly on The Doors albums uh, list. Well, I mean, it's got Touch Me on it, so I think that that doesn't allow it to be, you know, just swept under the carpet. But at the same time, I think there's so many other albums that eclipsed it. I mean, when you think about The Doors, you don't go, oh, Morrison Hotel. What do you think of when you think The Doors? What record comes to mind? Which album? It, you know, it depends. It might be Soft Parade sometime. It was right. so, it was that's so what I thought out of. there. You know? yeah, yeah, I thought that too. And that's kind of the thing too, is, is Soft Parade the best or worst album did it spawn classic rock stables like Touch Me, Tell All the People, um, and the underrated title cut? Yeah, I mean, on Morrison Hotel, they ditched the strings, as we know. There's no more strings um, from the previous record, and they went back to blues rock, right, which is what we like. And so I I think people either got used to that sound and missed it and kind of were like, eh, or they were like, fuck yeah, this is what we've been waiting for. It's like when you 2 kind of went back to their roots, like their Joshua tree roots, were like, yes, that, thank you, would happen, you know? So, I don't know. I think uh, Soft Parade, I, I would figure that would be the one on the list of underappreciated. No. Of underrated. Right. Because it is the, you know, it's the odd man out in the Doors catalog, the same as, it's like uh, their Satanic Majesty's Request or something mm-hmm. like that. It's one of those records. It's like Hot Space or some one of those things that, uh, from Queen, just people don't think of as among their better works and everything. I thought Soft Parade would be it. No, they say Morrison Hotel because they're saying from the opening second of the album with Roadhouse Blues, Peace Frog, you know, those are too obvious that they're, you know, it's one of the band's most underappreciated moments is what they're saying because a lot of people 
when they think the Doors, they're not thinking Morrison Hotel. And if they are, they're thinking Touch Me is on a different record. They're not thinking it's on this record. So I do think they have a point of it being maybe underrated because other albums have eclipsed it. But I do think, again, if you're a Doors fan and you're not aware of Morrison Hotel or you haven't listened to it beginning to end, you just have to. Yeah, I mean, every record of theirs is like Waiting for the Sun, L.A. Woman. They're just, I don't know where you come up with that kind of stuff. I don't know either. I I really don't. You know, I sound like a fucking peace frog tonight. Listen to my throat. (laughs) This pizza. We went out to this restaurant. It's like California. It's like ninety sweltering heat wave yes, in the day, crazy. and now it's like fifty five outside. Yeah, what's up with that? And you know, we're in this pizza place, and they had this the air conditioning on from like the Sahara, like <laughs> one hundred and ten degrees, and absolutely froze us out. It was terrible. It wasn't so, bad in the beginning. Apologize for my voice. As the sun went down, yeah, it was like, wait, can you turn, can you turn it up from like fifty to yeah. maybe, you know? So you're gonna like this one. Goat's Head Soup, 1973, Rolling Stones. Word to your mother on that one. <laughs> a lot of people so dismissive of this masterpiece that I've talked about at length on the show many times. Goats, and I converted to Christina to Goat's Head Soup. Totally agree that it's underappreciated. Well, because it's sandwiched between Exile on Main Street and it's only rock and roll. And yeah, coming off of Exile on Main Street, everybody was like, bleh, 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 bleh. yes. <laughs> but I got to say, that's always been the one that stuck with me and totally underrated. However, I got to point out that the Stones have recently reissued um, all of the Mick Taylor era albums. And when they got to Goat's Head Soup, it's a double. It's mm. two CDs. It's got a bunch of bonus tracks. Uh, the one with Jimmy Page on it. So it's um, that is the world is waking up to that. That that simply was a classic. I'm, historically, yes, it is underrated. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows Angie, right? Yeah, everybody, that's that's the that's one. The, yeah. That's the one. I mean, most people don't remember do 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 Heartbreaker and Star Star, right? They don't remember that, but they go Angie, and again, I think they assume it's on a different album. Oh, it's uh, what's it on that? Uh, it's on that one album. You know, whether they think it's Exile on Main Street, it's only rock and roll, whatever it is, they don't think it's on this one. They don't even think Goat's Head Soup. And I think that's really sad because I had never even heard of the album mm-hmm. till you introduced it to me. And I'm like, God, he loves it so much. I've got to listen to it. And it's definitely my favorite stuff I've ever heard by the Stones. I mean, the average person who doesn't know that record, Dancing with Mr. D, they're going to say, oh, I've never heard that song before. Right. I'm sorry. Talk about, we were talking about the Stones last time. We were talking about greatest opening lines and how they had a real knack for that. <laughs> they did. Down in the graveyard where we have our trysts, the air smells sweet, the air smells sick. Come on. That's, that's <laughs> one hell of a pair of opening lines for you. I agree. Yeah. Totally agree. Well, what about Sabotage, Black Sabbath, 1975? Now, there's another surprise I would have expected uh, Sabotage to be one of the more appreciated, highest ones on the list because among serious Black Sabbath fans, it might not be as well known to like the general public, but Black Sabbath fans regarded it as their masterpiece, most of them. I would have thought it would be one of the two that followed it, the Ozzy Osbourne era ones, Technical Ecstasy or Never Say Die, which are both great records. But uh, big surprise to me on that one. I think, you know, about this record, again, I think one of the reasons that these are underappreciated is because they either have maybe one major hit on them or they, um, you know, people haven't listened to it beginning to end. But I really think the problem with it is, oh, I, there's that one hit on there and they don't remember it's on that album. And or they heard it once and then they heard the other stuff and they're like, oh, it doesn't sound exactly like that or whatever. There's just I feel like it's missing. And I know Sabotage, I've heard it because... 
you know, I've been forced to listen to it. I'm not a, I'm not a huge Ozzy Osbourne era Black Sabbath fan, as we know. I am a Black Sabbath fan, but not. That was an act Ozzy. of mercy. You really should appreciate <laughs> sabotage, Ozzy or no Ozzy. It's a, it's a freaking masterpiece. It would be so much better without Ozzy. But anyway, I do really like. It's an amazing album, and to me, it sounds different, and I like it better in many ways. But again, I just don't think people have given the entire entire catalog it's just desserts and uh they go to the one that is the most publicized the one that has the most hits on it so that's why i think this one falls under that category and i yes i am glad i heard it that's right it was an essential uh element of your growth to hear that record (laughs) you better (laughs) calm down what about and justice for all metallica 1988 Hmm. Again, another same band. I would pick a different record. I would say any like the Black Album, Load, Reload would be, you know, underrated. Uh, Saint Anger is rated just as low as it ought to be, I think. But um, yeah, I would not think it would be Injustice for All or Master Puppets or any of those. Right. Well, because I know you're thinking, well, this album itself was certified eight times platinum, right? So how can it be considered underrated? Well, because there's too much attention paid to one. Right, that's the track that made Metallica a mainstream commodity. Right, I mean that was surprisingly, yeah. And it's an amazing song. It's one of the first songs I was introduced to. I mean, I, I mean, I definitely heard other songs, but that was the one that resonated with me first when introduced by the hot guy in in middle school. Um, And there's no doubt it's one of the band's most popular songs, and of course it's worth the hype. I think, Um, but there's more to the record. That's the problem. Blackened people don't there people don't even know that when you talk to them about it they're like oh yeah I don't know what else is on that album like what about Blackened what about what is it uh, Harvester of Sorrow what the hell that's all you remember is one and there's not anything wrong with one but there's more Harvester of Sorrow hell yeah yeah and I just feel like I do feel like it's underrated I really do and a lot of people dismiss Injustice for All now. I understand also that a lot of Metallica fans don't, this is not their favorite album. Mm. And I guess I get that too, but that's why I think it's underrated because mainstream Metallica fans will be like, eh, it's okay. I like it. It's got a good hit on it. It's got one, you know, or they hate it because it has one on it, right? So I do think it's underrated in their catalog. I do, even though it was certified eight times platinum. I've mostly come across fans uh, disparaging the, uh, the, I don't know, the slower stuff, the more, main, you know, the mainstream stuff. And it's among their best. I think uh, Load and Reload are phenomenal albums. Those are the ones people bag on uh, to the most to me. So, well, it's true. It's true. So interesting. Okay, so you don't find it underrated. No. All right. What about In Through the Outdoor, 1979, Led Zeppelin? Oh, doesn't surprise me one bit that that is uh, underrated. And honestly, it ranks pretty low in their catalog in my estimation, but I mean... You know, what does that mean? It's it's still a Zeppelin album. I mean, it's brilliant, I think. But um doesn't surprise me, no. no. So you do find it underrated, or does it just not surprise you? No, it doesn't surprise me, and I think it's underrated. You yeah. do think it's yeah. underrated. Well, it's because I think a couple of things. I think, you know, the climate at the time of its release, first of all, it's their last album, and the climate at the time of the release was like kind of disco and new wave right which so it was kind of like what's this and in light of that even though it was the same sort of fare we could expect from them and new wave was really catching on i mean we were having those kinds of bands that didn't sound anything like that classic dinosaur rock you know right and i think that's it started to kind of feel like well that's the old thing that's not the new thing but well zeppelin is still classic it's such a different sound for them it's so 
keyboard drenched. It's all keyboards mostly. There's there's some notable guitar on there, but it's it's conspicuous how little Jimmy Page had to do with the production of the record. Yeah, it's John Paul Jones and Robert Plant's record mostly, and uh, it's great. It's some really far out progressive stuff that you wouldn't have seen coming, and some uh, real. Have fun and not take themselves too seriously. Whack shit like hot dog on there. Uh, <laughs> so. But you, you can't leave out Enter the Outdoor, Fool in, rain, the ra- uh, Fool in the Rain, and All of My Love, obviously. Oh, in the evening. I mean, yeah, there's some uh, really brilliant stuff on there. But I will say, I also must mention that All of My Love is disparaged for no good reason. It is a fucking great song. Just because it's not a fucking rocker, raging song does not make it any less beautiful a song. And I get tired of people bagging on it. Well... Among the people I think underrate that album is the band themselves. For sure. You know, the, the stuff they say about it, it's just like, guys, you should be proud of this record. You know? I agree. I do think that they should. So what about Women and Children First, Van Halen, 1980? <laughs> um, I, I'm surprised that's on there. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. I would have thought it would have been... Uh, one of the lesser appreciated ones would be like Diver Down, maybe. But they had Van Halen and Van Halen 2, which just like came out swinging, and then they were like, people were like, oh, what? Yeah, well, I, they really started to, just like, this was like their sheer heart attack moment. They really started to uh, <laughs> laterally uh, kind of uh, evolve. And I think some fans did not relate to that. And that only spawned one single. And what was that? Well, I know. And the Cradle Will Rock got a lot of play. That Did is that count correct. as a single, or was I just listening to uh, Good Stations? Nope, that counted yeah. as a single. Nice. There's Everybody Wants Some and Romeo Delight, which also help. Um, then there's Fair Warning and Diver Down albums uh, before the group became one of the biggest bands in the world, of course, with 1984. So I do think it's probably pretty underrated, uh, just because of the two that came before it. It kind of maybe eclipsed this album and maybe people didn't give it its just dessert so i do find it underrated sadly so if you haven't heard it folks and you like van halen at all i would give it a listen it is definitely worth uh your time all right so this one i'm going to defer completely to you i will have little to no (laughs) little to nothing to add to this and I think you might know the band that I'm about to talk about. What about Face Dances, The Who, 1981? Well, this is well. This is at least the band doesn't bag on this one as much as everybody else. They bagged on It's Hard, the next album, which is also quite fine. Now, Face Dances, I can understand it not being terribly overseen because the sound had really changed. Because? They now had Kenny Jones on drums. Right, no Keith Moon. No Keith Moon anymore. And Jones did not play like Keith Moon. He's a great drummer, but he did not play at all like Keith Moon. And Pete Townsend was writing songs that uh, suited Kenny Jones perfectly. I heard Roger Daltrey was not particularly, you know, fond of this change in the group. But you know, of course, Keith Moon's dead. They could have found another Keith Moon easily, I'm sure. Right, sure. You know, but I mean. uh, they went with Kenny Jones of the Faces and put out this album, which really wasn't that notably different from any previous Who album. I mean, it had pop. The poo, the Who always had the poo. <laughs> 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 the who? <laughs> See, I like it. Yeah. You, now you get it. The Pop the poo. <laughs> oh, <laughs> silly old poo bear. Uh, there in the hundred acre wood. Uh, <laughs> Where's Christopher Robin? The, the poo um, had always been a pop group. They'd always had pop singles. I mean, they were putting out, you know, uh, I can't explain, and you know, the kids are all right from the beginning. So it didn't. No, nothing on face dances should have alarmed anybody. But I know it was not terribly well received, and I think unfairly. Uh, so I would uh, rank that one, and probably it's hard next for ones the band just simply could not relate to. 
Well, and I think, you know, again, when you bring a group back after probably, you know, their audience and maybe even to some degree the band thinks, okay, well, this this group is dead because we've lost Keith Moon and Keith Moon is a, is a key part of this band. I wonder if that's part of the reason. I mean, they're already prejudiced against this album because Keith Moon's not on it. Even though he can't be, it doesn't matter. Is it really the who anymore, right? There's that question that people ask. It's the same thing with... Um, with yes well can yes be yes without john anderson okay he's in another band but now chris squire's gone it's not yes anymore without squire so yes they went on and did stuff huh? yes they went on and did other albums who? but who then <laughs> oh shit oh shit it's getting crazy up in here but should they have is it really yes it's just the same thing is it really the who so i think that was probably part of it um you know but highlights of the record obviously include better you bet and another tricky day um, but people say, you know, it, it's time well spent to listen to this album if you're a Who fan. Let me just say that. Yeah, I mean, Another Tricky Day, for example, would fit perfectly well on uh, Who Are You or Who By Numbers or any of those uh, recent Who albums with Keith Moon. So I think it was just the fans were not prepared for that. Was it still the Who? I would say sure, of course. As long yeah. as, honestly, uh, and that question would be revised yet again when John Entwistle died. Correct. But is it still The Who? Of course, they are still performing today under the name The Who, uh, Pete Townsend, Townsend and Roger Daltrey. And that's Who enough for me because Pete writes the songs and Roger sings them, except for the ones that uh, John Entwistle wrote. So to me, it's still The Who, and they still use that name. But Led Zeppelin, on the other hand, never recorded again under that name, except for the live album. Uh, after John Bonham, because they considered him that vital to the band, and I totally understand that. Well, do you miss Keith Moon? No, I didn't mind Keith Moon not being there. Okay. I was just wondering, because some people are very fiercely like, if it's Keith Moon or nothing, and maybe that's why you appreciated that album more than some others. I think Kenny Jones was inevitable. These guys are 78 and they're still doing this shit, so I I think Keith Moon would have quit a long time before now anyway. And I think that's true as well. So that is all we have for today because this is Winging It and it is a short show. So hopefully that was fun and we kind of shared some of your favorites, David, and maybe some of your least favorites, who knows. And for all you out there, hopefully we've hit on some or all of the bands that you like and some or all of the albums you consider to be underrated. And of course there are more. And if you have any other ones that you want to share with us or you want us to highlight, let us know at bothonair at gmail.com. Dinosaurs Unite. If you knew all those records, <laughs> rock on, my dinosaur brothers. You know. <laughs> well, if you knew and liked all those records. Yeah. I knew them. I just didn't like all of them. So anyway. Shocking. <laughs> what? What, Christina? What? Well, now that we have exhausted this topic, or at least as insofar as I'm willing to go, that only leaves for you to say. Let's fly this coop. <laughs> This has been Birds of a Feather on What the Flock Radio.